0: The Business of Agriculture is brought to you by Land Trust. Have you heard how landowners are increasing profitability by adding recreation to their portfolio of land use? Millions of outdoor recreators seek wide open spaces for bird watching, photography, hunting, fishing, horseback riding, and many other farm and ranch activities. Landowners are partnering with the Recreation Access Network, Land Trust. Land Trust is an online platform connecting recreators with landowners for outdoor experiences on their land to increase profitability. Visit LandTrust.com slash BOA, as in business of agriculture, to learn more. That's LandTrust.com slash BOA.
1: Greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of The Business of Agriculture. It's me, your host, Damian Mason, but you knew that. You heard it in the introduction. You knew when you tuned in. Today, we're talking about a topic that you have already heard a little bit about, and we're going to expand upon it and make it relevant to agriculture. I'm talking about Neil Young, Joe Rogan, Spotify, and a business lesson for agriculture. You know, if you've been paying attention at all in the last few weeks, you've seen this hubbub, if you will, that even my friends over at the Wall Street Journal are now calling Inside Spotify's Joe Rogan Crisis. Well, I don't know whether it's a crisis or not, and frankly, I don't think that it is, but the bigger thing is I think there's a lot of parallels, a lot of lessons for us in the business of agriculture, things that we can learn from watching this whole thing unfold and how it all blew up beginning uh, end of January And we can apply some of these lessons for greater success in how we handle activism in the business of agriculture. Before we get into all that, I want to remind you, you heard the intro uh, that this podcast is brought to you by Land Trust. Land Trust is a company founded by my buddy, Nick. Uh, Man, smart dude. And he looked around and said, there are folks that want to utilize outdoor resources, not just the national parks, you know, they want to get out there and go hunting, fishing, hiking, biking, bird watching. They want to be out there with their friends and family. It turns out maybe you have land that lends itself to that. So maybe you got a little cabin or a place that somebody could park an RV, pitch a tent, whatever. Maybe they could go deer hunting. Maybe they could go fishing. Maybe they could go out on your property and just, you know, watch birds. That's what people like to do. It's called ornithology. Anyway, utilizing land trust, you can set it up whatever the price you want and for whatever days you want. You make the rules, you set the price. It's kinda like Airbnb or Uber, if you will. It's a temporary arrangement, contractual, between you and this person that wants to come or people that wanna come and utilize your property. You make a little bit of spare income on the side and somebody gets to enjoy what you have to offer. Go to Land Trust for more of that. Neil Young, Joe Rogan, Spotify, and a business lesson for agriculture. All right, why am I talking to you about this? Well, first off, you've been paying attention. You saw this come about the end of January. Neil Young, 76-year-old folk artist, rock singer, whatever you want to call him, old kook, uh, says publicly that the Spotify, which is a streaming service for audio, essentially you can find me on there. You can find my podcast on Spotify. It's a content, uh, it's a content platform, if you will. Spotify carries exclusively Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is a comedian turned podcaster. I have never listened to one minute of his stuff. I am not gonna make this about him or his content. We're not even gonna get political. I don't care. Because again, I'm bringing it back to agriculture and the lesson we can learn from it about activism and how we must handle them. Because that's really at the root of what this is all about. This is really about activism. Neil Young coming out publicly and saying, you're gonna either take me down or get rid of Joe Rogan, Spotify. Essentially making an ultimatum. A 76-year-old singer whose last hit was I think sometime in the 70s or 80s, I'm not really sure. I'm not a great big Neil Young fan. less so probably uh, after his album of 2015 called The Monsanto Years, which was all about being anti-corporations, especially the agribusiness behemoth known as Monsanto, which doesn't even exist anymore because they were bought by Bayer a few years ago. Yeah, in case you didn't know that, Neil Young came out in 2015 with an album titled The Monsanto Years. Hugely critical of corporations and then of course goes on in some of his lyrics and then certainly even some of the write ups by the music industry with a tremendous amount of misinformation that this agribusiness conglomerate essentially has a monopoly on seed and forces farmers to buy their seed or will litigate them. Completely overblown. If you want to buy seed from some company, you can do that. You don't have to only buy them from Monsanto. We know these things in agriculture. We know it's mostly shit. But the listeners to Neil Young didn't know that, and they bought up his album, I think. I don't know what the sales were for 2015's The Monsanto Years by Neil Young. But activism's nothing new to this guy. In fact, you could say it's actually been a critical part of his career, of his music career, uh, much of it. And the, some of the hits you know have been activist- sort of an us versus them concept, and that's what I wanna go with first. Activism, I've got your lessons for the, the business lessons for agriculture from Neil Young, Joe Rogan, Spotify, and this entire controversy, if you will. First off, activism is oftentimes a business or an enhancement to the activist's business. Neil Young, I don't care how old you are, you've probably heard the name, certainly in the last two weeks, but I can give you the first song that I know about from Neil Young. It's the one about four dead in Ohio. If you're not familiar with what that is, it was, I believe, the year 1970, 1971, going on memory here, Kent State, the university in northeastern Ohio. Protests were going on for weeks, and uh, over the Vietnam War, eventually the National Guard was called in, the National Guard, uh, a few of the guardsmen apparently, uh, well, they, they pulled their guns and and four students uh, were dead. Oh my goodness, did the anti-war movement then get a shot in the arm with that? And then, of course, you could even say that Kent State precipitated uh, what eventually happened with pulling out of Vietnam a few years later. Again, we're not gonna get into the politics of all that because it doesn't matter, but what does matter for this very subject is quite simply this neil young wrote this song pinned this song immediately after the events of kent state and it became one of his big hits an anthem if you will for those that opposed the vietnam war activism and being vocally and invis- vis- uh, visibly active against an unpopular war was very career enhancing for neil young uh, frankly he has had longevity he's 76 years old and apparently people still listen to his stuff So activism didn't hurt him. In fact, it made him more famous 50 years ago. Now let's fast forward. That's not the last one. Told you about 2015, the Monsanto years, an album which most of the songs I've not heard. I've read some of the lyrics uh, are very anti-corporate and again, anti-Monsanto. Before that, the 1980s maybe his early 90s, George Bush, the first one, the first one, uh, George Bush was president from 88 to 92, giving you a little history on that. And in one of his State of the Union speeches, uh, he talked about turning on a 1,000 points of light. And so if you were to Google or go on YouTube and do a search for Neil Young, you could say George Bush, 1,000 points of light. And it's a song about having a kinder, gentler machine gun hand. It's anti-Republican, anti-President Bush um probably even anti anybody that supported um the president okay Activism has been a big part of his music. In fact, you could say that it has been uh, the most uh, the most identifiable part of neil young 's music, Southern man, which of course then the response song from Leonard Skinner that some people carry on that it was actually all just ploy marketing because it was good for both of them. Southern man uh, you know uh, your crosses are burning fast was again activism against the South and against some of the south 's history of segregation. I just named several songs in this guy's career and an album that were all really based on activism. So when I tell my agricultural audiences, as I am telling you, the thing that you must understand about activism is that it is a business. Being opposed to things is an industry. Would it work in a country in the Central Africa Republic where there is no money, where the economy is very rudimentary and it's very, very third world? Probably not because there's not folks with free time. And money to become activists. There are not folks that are able to pay for streaming services or pay for record albums or go to concerts. But in places like the United States of America, Canada, Europe, Australia, the developed world, where we have a tremendous amount of affluence, activism is a business. The organizations that oppose agriculture, like the Humane Society of the United States, PETA, Environmental Working Group, Greenpeace, name them. They're usually environmental or animal rights groups that oppose what we do out here in the world's most important industry. They are businesses. The humane side of the United States has 250 employees in their Washington, D.C. offices and around the country. They bring in millions and millions of dollars, of which they pay zero taxes on because all of these activist groups are set up as nonprofits, you know, 4013s or 501Cs or whatever the structure is, that they are not for profit organizations. So, therefore, all the monies that come in do not get taxed, and all the monies that come in get spent on two things public relations and media, meaning putting out propaganda and hiring people, also filing lawsuits, I guess those are the things. Hiring people, hiring publicists and promoters and administrative and then filing lawsuits and then of course the propaganda machine. Well activism is a business for them, but it's also a business for Neil Young. I just named a bunch of his body of work, which is solely based on being an activist. Now he would say, I'm being a supporter of the industry or I'm supporting, I'm I'm speaking out against industries that are evil, whatever it should be, from his stance against Starbucks and Walmart to Monsanto. Activism is a business, and I'm telling you this because I think you need to understand as a business how effective they are. Businesses that are really, really savvy get the most bang for their buck to get the return on investment, right? You would admit that. If you're a savvy business person, you spend $1 to make 10. That's good business, right? That's what activism does. Frankly, that's what Neil Young does. And how did it work? And you're saying, Damien, explain this to me? Quite simply, they use a willing media to their advantage and therefore essentially get paid commercials for free. Neil Young posts on his website. I have no idea how many people go to Neil Young's website per day, week, or month. Maybe more than go to DamianMason.com. I don't know. Doesn't matter but he posted his notice, his ultimatum at the end of January, that he was going to be, he wanted his music pulled from Spotify if they didn't pull Joe Rogan, pull Joe Rogan or else kind of a thing. And a couple of days later, this got picked up and got passed around and the media launched and latched onto it because media loves to appeal to base level human emotion. There is something very base, very frankly, unappetizing about humans. In the year 2022, we're still those cavemen, that's us versus them. And media understands that because remember, the media is not smart, the media is not journalism. The media is a selling forum. The media is corporate owned. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's government controlled like NPR, which is even worse. Corporate media is, exists to sell advertising. To sell advertising for more money, you need eyeballs, listeners, viewers, clicks, subscribers. You need humans paying attention to your forum, to your format, if you will. Not doing very well over there at CNN right now, doing very well at Spotify, I should point out. You see, they are media also. They're a tech platform that's really becoming what the new media looks like. But why am I going through all of this? Well, because some of the traditional media... The legacy media, as it's sometimes called, TV, radio, print, now print moving online to websites, some of that media does not really like the fact that their heels are getting nipped. In fact, they're getting sort of a suppl- by the Facebooks, or the Twitters, or the Instagrams, or the LinkedIns, or even Spotify. So, when it looks like the media can A, garner viewers and listeners like you or me by making an us versus them angle. Oh, do you see who's pissed off about this? Neil Young. And that's essentially what we do. Because again, it's very base level, very primitive actually, the human attraction to tribalism, us versus them. Well, screw Neil Young, well, screw Joe Rogan. You understand how this goes. Now, all the while, the legacy media is getting viewers and clicks and listeners and watchers, and that's very good for them because they can sell more advertising because they have more people glued in and tied into what they're doing. It's a double bonus because in this instance, they get to go out there against Spotify, which might be stealing viewers, listeners, clicks, and subscribers from legacy media. So now you understand that activism is brilliant in that it uses the media, A, as free commercials, and B, to accomplish its objective. Because now you've got folks, even like my friends over there at the Wall Street, saying that it's a Joe Rogan crisis. Oh, what could be better than that? Tell me all about the crisis. So again, where does this compare to agriculture? Why am I telling you all about this? Because this is the exact kind of thing that we face. When the Humane Society or PETA or the Environmental Working Group or Greenpeace or the Sierra Club or it, name any organization, they tend to be environmental or posing as environmental groups or animal rights activism come out and they oppose agriculture and they create an us versus them scenario. If you are not anti-GMO, you must want to poison children and so they define it and create this sort of structure where you look like you're an evil human being if you're not on their side. Well, if you don't oppose if you don't oppose GMOs, that means you obviously want people to be, you know, scientific experiments and being killed by evil corporations like Monsanto. If you aren't pro organic food, you obviously want to poison children, right? Well, no, that's not the case at all. I just think that conventionally raised agricultural products are probably just fine for my family. And the average consumer is afraid to not adhere to what the activism has used the media so effectively to do. And remember, it is their business because for them to keep donations coming in or to keep profiting from lawsuits, they need to have the promotion and they need to have the lawsuits and they need to be in the media. And the media willingly helps them accomplish their goal by giving them credence and promotion. So, it's the exact same thing. Do you think that Neil Young actually really organically came up with this idea? to oppose Spotify? Maybe he did. It's not the first time. About 10 years ago, he apparently lambasted and came out against Spotify when it was a brand new company and said that their their music uh, and their their, uh, audio was shitty and went on and on about this. So maybe he's just had it in for Spotify for a long time. I'm not exactly sure, but it wouldn't be surprising since I've told you that activism is a business and is oftentimes business enhancing. And I told you about using of the media. Let's go with the next thing that I want you to understand that this is all a business. What if Neil Young's manager is a younger, sharper individual that said, hey, Neil, you know what? You've got this short, temporary run on Sirius because ah, ah, what am I talking about? Since activism oftentimes is business enhancing, Neil Young had a short run. If you have Sirius XM radio in your car, truck, or tractor, wherever you might listen to Sirius XM on your phone on an app, they'll do temporary runs. You know, at the holidays, they've got holiday channels and they've got all these sort of temporary runs. Maybe the Bruce Springsteen channel will be running for the next 30 days, whatever. They had a Neil Young channel that was due to be done uh, at the end of January. So remarkably, Neil comes out against Spotify right about when this temporary run of the Neil Young channel on SiriusXM is going to be completed. Oh, and because of all this, Sirius XM extended the Neil Young channel till like the end of February, I think it is. They extended it, which of course means more money, more exposure, more views and listens, and a better business for Neil Young. Ah, How could I ever be so cynical as to think it's not purely about Neil Young's bothered by Joe Rogan's stance on COVID? Yeah, you see, that's what this all came down to. In case you wonder what it all came about, the reason Neil Young allegedly is anti-Joe Rogan is because there's an episode that Joe Rogan interviewed a doctor. The doctor used to do research for vaccines and has since come out and said he is anti-vaccines because of what his research says. So Joe Rogan had him on his podcast. And this is the reason that Neil Young or doctor, PhD, worked in a lab, clearly a virologist, Neil Young. I'm being facetious, he's none of those things. I'm not sure he's educated at all. Maybe not even at the high school level, but the bigger point here is, Neil Young allegedly was against all this misinformation that was killing people by listening to Joe Rogan. Huh, he got to be out there going against, and here's the best part, going up against the biggest personality that Spotify has. You see, this is remarkable marketing. That's why I'm seeing through it and calling bullshit. I don't believe that this is pure and I don't believe that this is activism because you're so concerned about children's health who might not get the vaccine because this doctor on Joe Rogan show said that kids shouldn't be vaccinated. Oh, maybe it's not that about at all. Maybe it's really just about you wanna make more money. Your manager said, you know, it'd be a really good move, Neil. We're gonna go ahead and have you come out against Joe Rogan, the biggest personality on Spotify. In fact, in the year 2020, Spotify gave Joe Rogan $100 million to be exclusively on Spotify, $100 million. So of course, here's the other part of this, since this is after all a business, follow the money, like everything political, like everything with our activists, like everything with these activists that oppose what we do in agriculture, follow the money. Is it really, really true that the Environmental Working Group wants Lucky Charms to be made with non-GMO grain because there was a trace of glyphosate, that's Roundup, if you will, found in Lucky Charms uh, five years ago? Is it really true that they're that concerned about one part per trillion of glyphosate being found in Lucky Charms? Or was it really brilliant fundraising? when the whole anti-Monsanto, anti-glyphosate thing took off, to latch on to being anti-Monsanto, and then by putting out public relations, press releases, getting your environmental working group wackos all over TV and all over any media that would carry them, again, in an us versus them scenario saying, those evil people at Monsanto are poisoning your children with weed killer in your child's cereal. Oh, but you know what? If you donate to environmental working group, We're the watchdog that's going to keep that from happening. Now, did they actually do that? Did Lucky Charms actually cave in and start going with non-GMO wheat or grain in their cereal? I don't believe so. But the big thing is fundraising went through the roof over an environmental working group. They just did the us versus them. They took something that was a little bit of a truth and they decided let's go ahead and capitalize on this because the average American consumer has no idea that a one part per billion can't do anything, can't do any damage. But you know what the main thing is? We're going to get lots of fundraising. We're use something everybody knows, Lucky Charms cereal, and we know that the average consumer has been told you're supposed to hate monsanto ah brilliant how that all worked so that's exactly what's going on here with neil young and the joe rogan thing you attack the biggest name you attack this huge name joe rogan's now a lightning rod joe rogan is monsanto joe rogan is a lightning rod joe say the name and everybody has an opinion even if they've not listened to his podcast even if they never sat through his comedy show because he used to be a comedian and again i'm not I'm not gonna tell you I love or hate Joe Rogan. I have no interest, I don't care. I'm telling you, make the parallels and it's exactly what we can learn from in the business of agriculture. So my points are, activism is often a business or is at least business enhancing. Enhancing. We saw that in Neil Young and his management and his handlers, because I don't believe that he actually is making all these decisions himself, said, oh, this could be very good for business. The media fosters and promotes activists. They love to appeal to the base level human caveman tendencies of tribalism, us versus them. And then the media acts as promoter. The activists are smart enough to understand this. If they just continue to create controversy and do a dividing thing of us versus them, of tribalism, and if you usually have a target, it's very important to have a target. Remember, Monsanto, pig farms, evil poultry, Joe Rogan works very well. So activists then latch on, use a straw man if you will, just put a bullseye on the, on the back of anything from a chemical company to a personality and then let the groups divide into us versus them. Very simple, very good business very simple business isn't it it's kind of political it's kind of always worked probably going to always work and also it tends to be very good for business third thing i want you to remember is that it's always about the money follow the money you believe that somehow this is really about about being concerned over some mother not getting her child vaccinated because something a doctor said on joe rogan's podcast and remember it wasn't joe rogan necessarily that just came out with this he doesn't pretend to be a doctor it was his guest who was a doctor that said this. But anyway, that points out the next part of this. Facts don't matter in an emotional argument. Everything that the United States business of agriculture, that the modern agricultural enterprise that we have in places like Canada, Western Europe, Australia, the places we talk about where we really do a great job of producing the calories, we make food. We then come out and make factual arguments, factual rebuttals, but guess what? People don't do facts, they do emotion. They go right back to us versus them, tribal mentality, and that's why facts don't really matter. We are out here using science and facts, and guess what? We've never won an argument, not one time, by winning by using facts. Do I put out facts? Absolutely I do, but I also put out my commentary on why these things matter. So you can talk about the actual facts, average person right now believes that Joe Rogan is spewing misinformation and children are dying from COVID because of Joe Rogan. That's not the reality at all, but it doesn't matter because what did you get here? Neil Young has been talked about for two weeks, which hasn't happened in forever. Uh, His label, Warner, got him on all their uh, formats. The other formats that carry content use this to great advantage also. So it becomes like, hey, let's go ahead while we're letting Neil Young get his free publicity, let's harpoon the hell out of Spotify. But you know what, it's not really working that well, and I don't believe that it will. You know the old thing, there's no such thing as bad publicity, it was PT Barnum who said that. This week, Spotify reported it had 406 million monthly active users, 406 million monthly active users, 330 million people in the United States of America for context, 406 million monthly active users. That's up 18% from the year before. It's advertising revenue largely tied to podcasting. And again, you can get the business of agriculture culture on Spotify. Spotify. Um, SoundCloud is my preferred, but I want you to go wherever and get it. And I want you to share my podcast with whoever you know that listens to such things that could learn from these sorts of episodes. It's advertising revenue. Spotify's advertising revenue in 2021, largely tied to podcasting, was up 40%. I believe that Spotify will keep winning. I believe that Spotify understands what's happening here and realizes that this is Neil Young and his managers and and, and it's about activism, it's about pushing a business. But the more important thing is this, look at what is happening though. Every legacy media and all of Spotify's competitors latched onto this, this concocted controversy, this concocted Joe Rogan crisis, if you will, to their benefit. So again, follow the money, follow the money. When the Environmental Working Group says that there's weed killer in your Sutter Hill wine and it's killing you, again, they don't tell you that it's parts per billion. You'd have to drink 37 bottles of wine a day for the next 80 years to actually get any appreciable buildup of glyphosate in your system. And by God, if you can drink that much wine for that many years, I'm guessing that herbicide is not gonna be your problem. They don't tell you that they simply come out with a claim it's got a bit of a basis in fact and then exaggerate it and fear monger the hell out of it what did neil young do now this is the tough part this is my last point about the lessons that we can learn for our business in the business of agriculture from joe rogan neil young and spotify spotify decides to cave to the pressure. They didn't can Joe Rogan as Mr. Young asked them to do, but they did start apologizing as a company. Well, we are attempting to monitor all of the content on our streaming platform. We do care about the safety of the consumer, blah, blah, blah. They caved in that they did anything. And of course the media is saying, well, you should have done more, should have come out sooner. Well, of course, because this media does not like Spotify. This media would like the Spotify to go away. So this media, meaning traditional media, meaning crap like newspapers, which I still read because I like newspaper and TV and radio are all sending out their talking heads telling you, well, Spotify sure screwed up because they didn't respond and take on this whole Joe Rogan crisis early enough. That means that we would like Spotify to be harmed by this. Ultimately, I believe that Spotify should have just come out very simply as they did and say, hey, we we, uh, have a lot of content on here. We're not into regulating what speech sounds like. Do you want Damian Mason's commentary when he talks about the business of agriculture to be reined in by some technical nerd and a cubicle in the Silicon Valley that doesn't like my stance as being pro-modern agriculture? You can say that my stuff's not factual. That's not true at all. Everything I say, if it's a data point or uh, an issue of actual uh, quantifiable numbers, is factual. But what if they just don't like me? Then all of a sudden, I get reined in, just like Joe Rogan. That's what they want to do, which brings up this other thing. What this really is, is control activism is a business activism is business enhancing activism is brilliant and that it brings in a lot of money indirectly or directly uh neil young will sell more of his albums or whatever the hell it is however he makes money on streaming services because of this even though he went away from spotify it's going to ultimately be good for his career gave him a few more years of longevity not bad for a 76 year old dude Uh, but but it's ultimately about control you see when spotify caves in or when a chemical company that manufactures herbicide caves in, or when a national association that's supposed to represent our industry caves in by succumbing to the demands. Well, you know what? You obviously don't care. You're happy to poison children. No, we're in agriculture. We, you know what? We're sorry we've been bad stewards of the land. We're sorry that we we use these bad old herbicides. You know what? We'll, We'll do a better job from now on. We don't win anything by doing that. We simply seed, and that's C-E-D-E, not seed like you put in the ground. We seed, we give up. We relinquish control to those activists. And that is what's really happening here. What if Spotify did say, well, crap, you know what? We gave Rogan $100 million, but you're right, Neil. We better cave into what an octogenarian from Canada thinks, holy crap. You're right. Let's just go ahead and dump old Joe Rogan. What else should we do around here, Neil? That's what we're talking about. When we in agriculture attempt to appease these lunatics, these organizations, the lunatics, remember, are the free marchers. The lunatics are outside of your grocery store. They're outside of a hog processing facility. They're laying down on the road in front of a truck, bringing in cattle to get slaughtered in Dodge City, Kansas. The lunatics work for free because they've bought into the religion. They have drank the Kool-Aid, but the string pullers, The string pullers out there, the puppeteers, are the paid staff of the activist organizations from Environmental Working Group to Humane Society of the United States. They string pullers manipulate the emotions of the radicals that carry the signs and lay down in front of cattle trucks, and those people are doing that for free. It creates great media, and then the string pullers, the puppeteers, are profiting with really good jobs and with fundraising, et cetera, lawsuits. You see where this all goes. It's about control, though, because when that group when all of a sudden we cave and we give in to the humane side of the United States, thinking we're going to appease them, they just gain more control and then they move the goalpost. Best example I can give you: an organization called Greenpeace, founded 50 years ago, was opposed to commercial whaling. They wanted to save the oceans. Greenpeace, very actually, a, you know, altruistic uh, goal and objective 50 years ago. But as recently as the 1990s, there were only three countries that still commercially whaled. Norway, Japan, and Russia, none of those three countries commercially whale anymore, meaning they don't go out and harpoon whales anymore. So Greenpeace went away, right? Well, hell no. Because if Greenpeace got dissolved because their objective of ending a commercial whaling had been achieved, what would all those employees working for the not-for-profit do? Go get a real job? (laughs) Hardly. So they just move the goalposts and find a new cause. Now it's about protecting the ocean or against pipelines. Greenpeace opposes pipelines. They'll move the target because without a new target, without a new cause, they have no purpose. And the worst thing in the world is a cause group with no cause. That's why there are no such things as cause groups with no causes. They just move the bucket, move the, the goalposts and find a new cause. When Neil Young, even if he got Joe Rogan off of Spotify, you know what he would do? He would use his newfound power to then get Joni Mitchell and a few of us other old aged out, stoned out hippies that play guitars and say, guess what? Now that we got Spotify basically doing whatever we tell them to. Let's also tell them that they can't put on this type of content. Let's also dictate that everything they have that is political leans our way politically. You see where this goes? There is no appeasing these groups. When we say, okay, humane society, we agree with you that every chicken should have a bigger cage. Those sows, even though the ones aren't raised in California, those sows should have more square feet while they're in their farrowing pens. You're right. And if we give them that, you'll leave us alone, right? Are you stupid or naive? This is like saying if I give the bully my lunch money, he'll never ask me for anything ever again. No, he'll be there to get your lunch money again tomorrow and the next day and the next day because you don't appease them, you embolden them. You don't satisfy them, you strengthen them. And that is what even the Neil Youngs understand. It's control and power that you gain by getting in the media, by creating a controversy, by doing a tribalism, by attacking Joe Rogan or a chemical company or an industry, say pork production or poultry production, You attack this large monolith when you are small, and all of a sudden, you get greater exponential amounts of exposure out of it. These are lessons for the business of agriculture. These are lessons that we can learn from. There is no appeasing. There is no appeasing these groups because the cause is their business. So I just ran through a whole bunch of things there. Lessons for the business of agriculture from Neil Young, Joe Rogan, and Spotify. I told you there is no appeasing them. There is no satisfying them. You don't satisfy them. You only strengthen them. I told you this is a business. Follow the money. Follow the money. Neil Young's going to have a bigger run on Sirius Radio now. His career took a big, huge shot in the arm at age 76 because he went after somebody who was a podcast host. Now, actually, it might not be bad for the podcast host either. Joe Rogan's listeners have actually gone up as well. His show is growing, and I can pull the numbers here, but this is an eight-page article, and I don't want to hold you up, but I can tell you that this actually helps his listens. Uh, Right now, this is kind of an interesting part. Joe Rogan's podcast is Um, the number one airing uh, podcast content off of Spotify in 30 markets. So ultimately, probably not bad for him. But in this case, the business of agriculture is kind of like Spotify, if you will, or Joe Rogan. And the activist groups are Neil Young. And if you think this is all just about saving the children, you're deadly mistaken. You're wrong. It's not about saving the children. It's not about a cleaner environment. Half the times it's just about business. It's about selling a cause or selling Neil Young music. It's about business. It's about money. Follow the money. There's no appeasing these people. Another thing I would like you to know is that the media gladly works with these people as free publicity and promotion. Why? Because they love to push an us versus them tribalism that the human being, unfortunately, even in this day and age, still falls for. So, what do we do? We need to be a tougher them. We need to go ahead and admit that that's what it is. And we need to adopt some of their tactics. You know what? You know what you are, you're for starvation. You know what? you are? You are for reducing the American economy. You want to you want to control what other people can eat by using emotion. We can fight back, which we seldom do. And most importantly, we can't keep giving in. Activism is a business, and now you have seen a comparison to music and podcasting, something that you don't normally see, because that's what I do here at the Business of Agriculture. I connect dots that you maybe weren't seeing, that you weren't going to connect yourself, or maybe you kind of connected it in your head, and then finally, when you heard me talk about it, you said damn, I like listening to that Damien Mason guy because I was saying this myself. This reminds me of what we deal with every day in this industry. And that's why I'm here. And I really appreciate you being here. Please do me a favor, share this, watch the video on YouTube. While you're on YouTube at the Damien Mason channel, please just click subscribe. It won't cost you anything. I'm not gonna bombard you with uh, messages, but it'll help my visibility. And also please share this with somebody that you know. If you like my content, I would also encourage you to check out the great work I'm doing over at Extreme Ag. If you're watching this, I'm wearing the shirt right now. Extreme Ag. It's X, not E-X. ExtremeAg.farm. We've produced so many informative, insightful uh, videos about product trials and about business practices and about dealing with the family business unit. It's large-scale Business-minded, successful farming operations using products that you want to learn about. Check out all the great content at Cutting the Curve. It's Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. If you like my stuff, I think you'll really like what we're doing over there with those guys. Till next time, I very much appreciate you being here for our discussion on Neil Young, Joe Rogan, Spotify, and a business lesson for agriculture.
0: This episode of The Business of Agriculture was brought to you by Land Trust. Landowners just like you are increasing profitability by adding recreation to their portfolio of land use. Millions of recreators actively seek wide open spaces for bird watching, photography, hunting, fishing, horseback riding, and many other farm and ranch activities. Owners of farm and ranch properties are partnering with Recreation Access Network Land Trust. Land Trust is an online platform connecting recreators with landowners for outdoor experiences on their land to increase profitability. Visit LandTrust.com BOA, as in Business of Agriculture, to learn more. That's LandTrust.com BOA.